Do you love anime, gaming, movies, and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do? Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible. Or anime. And under this mask is another mask. (laughs) (laughs) You can discover your new favorites right here on The Anime Effect. Listen every Friday, wherever you get your podcasts, and watch full video episodes on Crunchyroll or on the Crunchyroll YouTube channel. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello everyone, Charles Watts here. Welcome back to Inside Arsenal. I hope wherever you're watching or listening to this around the world, you are having a very good start to the week because it is, of course, Monday. And we are seven days away now from Arsenal's next Premier League game. No game this weekend. Sheffield United awaits on Monday night at Bramall Lane and Arsenal tried to make it seven wins in a row to start the new year in the Premier League. And the way they're playing at the moment, the goals they're scoring... You'd certainly back them to do that at Sheffield United, a team who are struggling to keep goals out left, right and centre, to be honest. Hopefully that is not your classic Premier League banana skin. We shall wait and see. But still, plenty to talk about today. I wanted to talk about Edu, who uh, I haven't had a chance to really discuss his comments uh, that he gave when he was speaking pre-match to TNT Sports. He was talking to Rio Ferdinand ahead of the game against Newcastle, talked about the transfer window coming up this summer, talked about the fans' demands for a striker or calls for a striker. A little bit of a message, I thought, from Edu in those comments, just to calm down, trust us, we've got this type of message. So we'll look at that, give my thoughts on that. Uh, We'll look at the latest injury um, news as well. A week before that game against Sheffield United, you guys have been getting in touch um, with your questions and your comments as well. So plenty to discuss. And as I said, let's start, shall we, with Edu. Um, if you didn't see the interview, he gave it pre-match on the pit. Oh, just he was at, down on the pitch ahead of the game against Newcastle, and he was talking about a wide range of things when it comes to Arsenal with Rio Ferdinand, uh, Martin Keown, and the TNT sports crew. And Rio was talking about the transfer window coming up, and he was talking about Arsenal's need for a striker and certainly the fans calls for a striker in January but also this summer as well as nothing arrived in January Um, and this is what Edu had to say he said well I understand what the fans are asking for but we already have our targets 
We have planned a lot ahead of what we're going to do, of what we're going to face. And I will be worried if we don't score a lot of goals and if we're not creating chances, which is the opposite because we are creating a lot and we are scoring a lot of goals. The plan is to try and get better every year. And I think we are in a good moment. Let's see if we can keep improving. Um, and as I said, it just felt like a little bit of a message there from Eddie. It was like, look, just trust us, guys. We've not done too badly when it comes to the transfer window. And they haven't. And I think they've certainly earned our trust. Yes, there's been a few that haven't worked out. That's always going to happen. It is impossible, um, I would say, for anyone, any regime or whatever you want to call them in charge of a club, whether you go back to Alex Ferguson and uh, at Manchester United and the team he had, they had some big transfer errors that didn't quite work out, you know, and the most successful manager in the modern era. So it does happen. It is impossible because it is a bit of luck. You can you can be so convinced about a player. You can commit to spending millions and million pounds on this player because you think it's going to work, but it doesn't always work out like that. Sometimes players don't adjust. They don't, uh, they just don't acclimatise to a new country, a new league, a new culture. And it doesn't work out. You've seen massive money deals not work out in the past. Um, but on the whole, Arsenal under Arteta and Edu and that partnership, the pair of them got got sort of going together. It has worked. And you look at the squad now, you look at the players now, you look at the team now and compare it to just a short time ago. And it's impossible to come to the con any other conclusion that the work they have done together in building this squad and improving this work, this squad has been a success. I mean, the results, the league table is all you need to look at, really, to see that is the case. Arsenal's squad now is a very, very good squad. It is a very young squad. It is worth a huge amount of money because of the um, work that has been done in the transfer market and the, the clever pieces of business that have, that have happened. And so when Eddie's saying here, look, I understand what you want. I understand that the fans have been calling for a striker and they think we need a striker, but We've got our targets. Just trust us. There's been lots of talk, hasn't there, about in January, it was all about Ivan Tony. Would he move from Brentford? Would Arsenal go for him? Loads of reports that Arsenal would go for him. And I've said before, Arsenal, you know, they like Ivan Tony. They've looked at Ivan Tony. I don't know who they're going to sign in the summer. I think they will sign someone. I don't know whether it will be one of the names that has been banding around all the time, like your Osamin, like your Tonys. I do know there is interest there, but um, I have no idea if that interest will go any further. Um, but they will know. Who they've, who they've got on their list. They will know who's number one, who's number two, number three. And this is what Eddie's talking about. It's just like, just calm down. Just trust us. We, we'll, we'll do what we've got to do and we'll improve the squad. And every season, Arsenal have improved the squad and they've built on the squad. It was very, very um, deliberate what they did in terms of the squad last summer, improving the squad, the addition of Declan Rice, the addition of Kai Havertz, Raya um, and Timbo. It was very deliberate what they did they sort of set out with a plan of improving the squad, not massive, you know, six or seven new faces, but just improving the squad. And they'll do that again this summer. I think you look, there'll be a couple of key positions. Striker will certainly be one of them. I would say if they can get something done, another wide attacker will be one of them. And I think central midfielder will be one of them. And then they'll obviously have to get a number two goalkeeper in if Aaron Ramsdale leaves. It's not about massive influx of players now it's about adding to those key areas of the squad which you look at and think are still a little bit of bit weak that can give Mikel Arteta another option and I think striker is absolutely going to be there uh as I said so I think Edu understands it as he says they know it they know what the fans want but it's like just just give us some time let's see what we've got to do and I have to say as a fan talking as a fan here not as with my journalist hat on I think they have earned the right to be sort of trusted and 
I was glad that they didn't rush it into anything silly in January and just go out and spend some money on someone just for the sake of it because they were panicking that the goals weren't coming. And when you look at what's happened since January or certainly since the turn of the year, um, you know, the goals are coming. Arsenal can score goals. I was never... I was going to say I'm, I was never overly worried. I, perhaps that's pushing it a little bit. It was a little bit concerning, the the lack of goals and how much Arsenal were struggling at times to to create. But you looked at these players and I looked at what they did last season and it was clear that they have the capability to score plenty of goals. You know, they scored enough goals to win the league last season. It wasn't the strikers that stopped Arsenal scoring. It wasn't uh, stopped Arsenal winning the league. It wasn't the forwards. It was the defence in the end of the day that just conceded too many goals to be able to sustain a title winning challenge against a team like Manchester City. But they scored enough. The numbers prove that. The stats prove that. And now, again, since that turn of the year, 5-0 against Palace, 2-1 against Forest, 3-1 against Liverpool, 6-0 against West Ham, 5-0 against Burnley, 4-1 against Newcastle. Now, they've got the best goal difference uh, in the league. I think, uh, I need to double check this. Yeah, level with, with Liverpool. I think Liverpool scored one more goal than Arsenal. Arsenal scored more than Manchester City. So they can score goals. One of Arsenal's great strengths, and this was a great strength last season, and it's proven to be a great strength against this season, is being able to score from, score from all areas, whether that be set pieces, whether that be your forwards, yeah, you know, defenders chipping in as they always do, your wide attackers. You know, Saka started scoring goals again. I think he's only one goal away from last season's total now, and we're still in February. Um, so, yeah, I'm not... I always thought this team could score plenty of goals, even if I was a little bit, I did get a little bit concerned at times, but there is still definitely room for another forward. And I do think another forward will arrive. And what Edu's talking about there, I think he knows it as well. And the club know it. And it, and it, and I'm sure it's going to happen. I don't know who it will be. I don't know. It'll be one of the names that we're seeing banded around now, or it'll be someone different, but I do think it will happen. And, uh, I think that message that Edu sent out of just give us a bit of time, trust us a little bit. I think that's what we all need to kind of take on board and just, uh, see what happens come the summer. Injury-wise, things are looking pretty good for Arsenal. It's been a long time since I've been able to say that, but they are. We'll wait and see what happens in the next week when it comes to Thomas Partey and Alexander Zinchenko, but there's a good chance they could be involved against Sheffield United. You know, Arsenal are taking things very, very carefully when it comes certainly to Thomas Partey, and I can understand why getting this timing right, as Mikel Arteta said ahead of the game against Newcastle, they have to nail the timing when it comes to Thomas Partey's return. And they've seem to be managing it very, very carefully. There must have been a temptation, perhaps, to at least put him into the squad against Newcastle. We had been training for a week, or more than a week. They decided against it, and Arsenal won that game comfortably without Thomas Partey. And so you didn't need to bring him in for that one, ultimately, which is fine. But now we've got another week before the game against Sheffield United, and you've just got to start, you do need to start loading some minutes into his legs, because if you get it right for the sprint finish, and he can suddenly add Thomas Partey into the mix for that sprint finish, and he can stay fit over those final sort of 10 games or so, then what a huge difference that's going to make to Arsenal's title charge. The same with Gabriel Jesus, who again, obviously he's back now, but Arsenal looked how that game was, was panning out against Newcastle, didn't need to risk him. And that's fine because it's just give him another week now of training, put some more load into his legs. And then when you do throw him back into the mix, you can be as confident as you ever can be. There's no guarantees, but you can be as confident as you probably ever can be that they might be able to last the pace and get Arsenal through to the end of the season. And when you throw big, big names into the squad right now, into the team right now, like your parties, like your Zinchenkos, like your Jesus, you know, the boost that can give at such a crucial stage of the season could be absolutely invaluable. 
So you've got to get the decision right. But it is looking good for Arsenal. And if these two do come back for against Sheffield United, which will be a decision taken later on in the week, then that would be massive for Mikel Arteta. It really, really wouldn't. It basically then just leaves you with Tommy Astu and Timber as the players who are still not back. And Timber's obviously a bit of a special case because of that seriousness of that injury. We hope that Tommy, uh, Tommy Astu will be back fairly soon. I mean, Vieira's even back now. Again, we haven't seen him actually get any minutes yet since he's been back, but he is back. And you can, you know, you'd just be getting stronger every single week now that he's back and he's training. Um, and the squad is just looking in good shape. And yeah. It's been a long time, as I said, uh, since we've been able to say that. And so long may that continue. Just while we're still talking about injuries, bit of a shame for Nuno Tavares over at Nottingham Forest at the moment. Bit of a shame for Arsenal, I'd say, as well, with um, Nuno Espirito Santo confirming ahead of their game against Aston Villa at the at the weekend that he's picked up an injury and will be out for some weeks. I think that was the exact quote, some weeks. So we don't know the complete time frame on it yet, but... You know, Tavares has turned things around a little bit at the city ground recently on this loan spell. You know, at the start of the season, Forest fans didn't really take to him and there was mistakes in his game. And But since Nuno had arrived, Nuno Espirito Santo, that is, had arrived and become manager, we'd start, they'd started to see more of him in the Forest team and he'd started to make much more of an impression. And certainly when you sort of gauge the opinion on social media, when you look at what they're saying about Nuno after a game, there's still that frustration there that we all know with Nuno of just deciding to smack one with his right foot from 30 yards that flies into the crowd. Something we're very, very used to as Arsenal fans. But when you actually look at how they're viewing his um, performances as a whole and what he's bringing to the team, there's been a big shift in opinion going in the right direction. And for Arsenal, that can only be a good thing. Like Nuno Tavares isn't going to make it at Arsenal. He's not going to be a long-term left-back option at Arsenal. But So you want this loan spell to go very, very well for Forrest to decide, you know what, we're going to sign Nuno Tavares on a permanent basis and give Arsenal some money for him, decent amount of money, perhaps make Arsenal a profit on Nuno Tavares. And it it was going, it seemed to be heading in that direction under Nuno Espirito Santo. So the fact he's injured now and could be out for a fair few weeks would be a big blow not just to him, but to Arsenal as well, because you want these loan spells, especially for players like Tavares. Sambi Lekonga, I still put in a similar category as well, because as well as Sambi's doing it, Luton, I still feel a sale is probably the most likely option come the summer. And the fact he's been playing very, very well and put himself in the shot window can only benefit Arsenal because it can only drive the price tag up. And he's gone off against Liverpool injured just at a time when you know lots of people have been talking about him. Hopefully that's not going to be a bad injury, won't be out for long. Um, and the same goes for Nuno Tavares because, yeah, like I said, Arsenal want them playing and they want them playing well because come the summer when those bids start, we hope arriving, that will only push their prices up. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all new Cerebral way an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. 
Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. I'm going to move on to some questions and comments. Actually, before I do that, I'll take that off the screen because I will... Uh... I will move on, move on to the questions and comments as well. But uh, yeah, just wanted to talk about the cup final quickly yesterday. I'm sure you saw it. Liverpool winning the first piece of major silverware on offer in England. Congratulations to them. Congratulations to Jurgen Klopp, who I very much like and respect as a manager. And obviously, it's his final season for Liverpool and I have no issues with him getting his hands on some silverware. There's one big piece of silverware. Obviously, I don't want him to get his hands on. And that is the Premier League. But the other trophies that they're in, I'd have no, no issue with them. Um, going on and winning what they want. Thought it was quite funny that Chelsea still couldn't get the job done. I mean, they are not going to get an easier chance than that or a better chance than that of getting the job done against a team absolutely ravaged by injury that Klopp's had to throw on a load of kids during the second half and during extra time because they've got so many players injured in Chelsea. I mean, absolute golden opportunity and they threw it away. They were so bad in extra time. It uh, looked like they were going to go on and get the win as that second half sort of panned out yesterday and um, they had some chances towards the end of normal time and brought Liverpool out on their feet and then the you know some of the academy kids had to come on you thought Chelsea are going to win this this is there for the taking but they didn't like lead, proper leader performance from Liverpool getting the winner and uh, yeah congratulations to them would say commiserations to Chelsea but frankly I'd be lying so not going to say that uh, so yeah that's the first piece of silverware done and dusted in England right moving on to some of your questions and comments now uh, Jotim here says, surely we'll be extending Jorginho's contract. He's so good at opening up teams um, that come out with a mid-block. When he doesn't start against these teams, we always struggle to break them down. Porto, for example, against Liverpool, City and Newcastle, he was brilliant. Yeah, look, there's not much more I can say, Jotim, on on uh, Jorginho. I, I'm in complete agreement with you. I think we've got to be extending his contract. I think it is an absolute no-brainer. He's still got massive amounts to offer. He has that option for Arsenal to extend it by another year. Now, I, ultimately, I'm sure you, when you're in that position, you have an option as a club. You do have to talk to the player as well. You you are in your rights to just take up that option. But I think Arsenal will probably be talking to Jorginho as well, saying, look, what's your, what's your situation, your family situation? How do you feel about this? But they will want him to stay. Arteta loves Jorginho. The players love Jorginho. The influence he's had behind the scenes has been massive. You know, I've spoken about it before. He's like another coach at times on the on Arteta's coaching staff. You watch him warming up as a substitute and he is just coaching players through that game down the wing. He really, really is. And But it's not that. It's when he's on the pitch. He's a fantastic player still. He's shown that in the big, big games. Like you said, he's perfect for them this season. I 100% would be starting him against Porto. Um, I'd start him even ahead of Thomas Partey now. If Thomas Partey's back by that game against Porto, I'm just not sure Thomas Partey will be 100% fit and up to speed by that time. And if there is any doubts over that, you can't be having a player playing at 80% uh, fitness-wise in a game of that magnitude, a game that Arsenal have to win. So I'd still be right now sort of mapping out who plays where for the next few games. I'd have Jorginho down for that Porto game, 100%. Um, so yeah, I agree, 100%, Joachim. I'd be extending his contract. I think it's a no-brainer. I think Arsenal will do it. Um, and I think they certainly, certainly should do it. Here's one from Samuel says, Hi, Charles. Do you reckon against Porto in midweek before 
But um, sorry, do you reckon going against Porto in midweek before facing Newcastle, two masters of shithousery, was actually a blessing in disguise? Seeing how aggressive and quick we were to come out of the blocks against Newcastle, I reckon we learned our lessons from midweek pretty quickly. I also wonder if you saw Luke Williams' recent quotes about Patino. They made for good reading about his potential and show what he needs to do to get proper game time. Just on the first part, yeah, maybe. I think Arsenal... Um, the Porto game look was a bit of an anomaly when you look at how Arsenal have been playing recently it just for whatever reason they didn't turn up on the night I think Porto deserve a lot of credit for that and they you know they stopped Arsenal playing but when Arsenal play very very well I don't think it matters what another team does that it, sh it shouldn't they shouldn't stop and play in the way that Porto did I just don't think Arsenal played very well against Porto and um I think they would have whatever happened I think uh, yeah I just think the way they played against Newcastle and we've seen them do that lots. You know, we've seen them do it to Liverpool recently at the Emirates as well. How fast they come out, how quickly they swamp teams. They did it in the FA Cup game against Liverpool, even though they ended up losing that game. They certainly did it in the league game against New, uh, Liverpool as well. They did it against Newcastle. And I think that's exactly how they're going to play in that, how they're going to come out in that second leg against Porto. You know, Porto had it, I, I want to say, I don't want to say fairly easy because I think that's a bit unjust on Porto because, as I said, they played that game very, very well. But Arsenal played into their hands a little bit. They were slow. They were laborious. They just didn't really have that intensity about them that we've seen from Arsenal. I think it will be a very different story in the second leg. The fans are going to be up for it. The Emirates is going to be electric that night. And I think Porto are going to find things much, much harder than they did in Portugal. Um, uh, so, yeah, in terms of the second part, Luke Williams, the Swansea coach, talking about Charlie Patino. These are the quotes, if you haven't seen them yet. This is what Luke Williams said. He said, he came to me, the, Charlie came to me the other day off his own back, asking if we could have a chat. He was in my office for about an hour or so and talked so passionately about football. I think Charlie sometimes, what's in him, the passion and the love he has for football doesn't always come out of him. Just because of his personality, he can give appearance of being very laid back, very calm, without intensity. But actually inside, he's very passionate and he has so much desire at the top level of the championship, the physicality is just mind-blowing. I think this is probably the toughest thing for Charlie at the moment. But I think if the team plays with more control and controls the game and the, with the ball more, Charlie's going to be exceptional. He has a way into the team, there's no doubt. So that's him, uh, Luke Williams, talking about Charlie. Now, he's not really seen too much football recently. He has been coming on as a substitute. He came on in, in the game at the weekend, but only got about 13 minutes at the end. And there's a lot of talk up at Swansea about whether he should be playing more. I thought they were interesting quotes. Yep. I mean, the, the lack of physicality, obviously, that's something that's gone hand in hand with Charlie Patino since he broke through um, and first started getting in and around the Arsenal first team because of his size, his stature. Would he be able to make it at the top level because of the physical side of things? Look, this is his second season in the Championship. He's got a lot of minutes under his belt already for such a young player in the Championship. He did it at Blackpool and now he's doing it at Swansea, even if he's kind of in and out the side a little bit. When uh, Luke says there that he thinks if a team plays in more control and controls the game more, then Charlie's going to be exceptional. I mean, that fits into how Arsenal play, no doubt about it. I mean, control is the buzzword, isn't it, when it comes to Arsenal at the moment, and because they are dominating the ball so much. I still feel, though, with Patino, as we as this sort of continues to drag out, as his contract continues to run down, I still feel like the summer could well see the end of Charlie Patino at Arsenal. Um, I don't know that for sure yet, so we'll have to wait and see what happens, but... You know, it very nearly happened last summer and then it was decided, OK, we'll have another look. We'll give him another loan spell and we'll reassess things at the end of the season. It wouldn't surprise me if Charlie Patino ends up going on a permanent basis this summer. Um, but we shall wait and see. Um, I hope he if he does, I hope he goes on as a great career somewhere else because he is a really talented kid. 
Um, lots to offer in football. Uh, it'll be very interesting to see how things pan out of him. Aurora Freak says, Hi, Charles. I think Nketiah will be sold in the summer. You can see that we are much better side without him as a striker. Trossard, Jesus and Havertz offer the whole structure much more. Even at Preston, Nketiah is so disappointing to watch. All this will leave another spot free as our nine. BRF scoring nearly every game for Sturm Graz, but I think he'll be loaned to a higher level next season. be interesting to see what we're going to do in the summer. Aaron says, Hi, Charles. What do you think of Mikabiris' future this summer? The Danish boy can't stop scoring goals after he changed leagues and even firing in the Europa Conference League. Will he be loaned again after signing a new contract or will he be sold for a good profit as Sterngrat wants him on a permanent basis? I think he could well be a backup striker at Arsenal. Rasmus Hoyland, who is also Danish and is the same age as Biriff, was just firing goals for Sterngrat two years ago and he's proven that he's competent enough for the Premier League after a bright start in Serie A. Why not for Mika? Um... Yeah, in terms of Mika Birov, look, he's having a great start to life at Stone Gratz. I think it's three goals in five games now for him, a couple in the league, one in Europe. Um, and that follows on from the fantastic form he was showing up in Scotland in the first half of the season while he was on loan. My, my thought, I think he'll go out again in the summer. I don't think Arsenal will sell him yet. You know, I don't know if, it, I think he needs a very good loan spell next season somewhere else at a higher level at the Sturm Gratz. So uh, you kind of, I kind of look at what Balogun did, that loan spell at Monaco was brilliant for him and it showed that he could play at a very, very high level. And I'm not saying Sturmgratz isn't, you know, not a good team and that that level's not absolutely top, but um, I think he needs to show it somewhere else before you can really start talking about whether he comes back to Arsenal and forces his way into the first team picture at Arsenal. I still think the most likely option is go out next season, have another good loan spell and then potentially get sold for a tidy little piece of uh, piece of cash late on. But it's up to him, really. It's up to him and how he plays. If he plays well and makes it impossible for Arsenal to ignore, then they'll bring him back. And he'll have to be around the first team. But I think probably the most likely option when it comes to Birif is that he might well be sold for a decent amount of money in uh, in the very near future. Uh, just this one uh, on Camion Wallen says, you don't mean it, Charles. So you're just bringing Saka in now into your fantasy team. Who else were you rating above Saka? I've had him in since week one and never did think of benching him. Look, I have to let you into a little bit of a secret when it comes to my EPL team. I very rarely have Arsenal players in it because I'm too superstitious for it. Whenever I bring an Arsenal player in, they tend to go on a bad run of form and stop scoring. And then I blame myself when uh, for poor results. And I did that with Saka. I started off with him in my team. And then he had a bad run of form, didn't score for a while. And I thought, you know, I've got to take him out. I've got to take him out. It's my fault that he's not scoring. And so, and it, and it's not just with Saka, it's with our, other Arsenal players. I always end up blaming myself for them not performing well for Arsenal each week and it, because it's I've got him in my fantasy team, which is, of course, complete rubbish. Doesn't make any sense, but I am just too superstitious when it comes to football. It's why I don't like doing predictions of games or anything like that. So, um, yeah, the reason I've had Saka in is because of that. I put him in last week because I had to play my free hit because I had about four players playing and I was going to basically have no one. I was going to get no points whatsoever. So I had a free hit. Arsenal were at home to Newcastle. Saka's in good form. I thought for one week only, I'm going to try and put my superstitions to one side and put him in as my free hit. And it worked. But I don't think I'm going to put him back into my team permanent basis this weekend because, again, if I do that, it'll stop scoring and it'll be my fault. So <laughs> that's how I view it. Uh, so, yeah, don't take it for any other reason other than that. That's it from me today, everyone. Thank you very much for your time. As always, do appreciate it. Have a very good Monday, wherever you're watching or listening to this around the world. Be back tomorrow to do it all over again. Until then, have a great day. Speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? 
Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hey, hey, it's Kip Bodner, CMO of HubSpot. Join me and my co-host, Kieran Flanagan, CMO over at Zapier on Marketing Against a Grain. We're not the typical regurgitated Twitter threads. These are takes from us, marketing leaders about what we're doing and what we're learning from our peers and what's working in the market and how you can apply them to your business. Everything you need to grow a modern business and have a strategy that is fit for growth in today's changing economy. Listen to our podcast, Marketing Against the Grain, wherever you get your podcasts.